<laughs> Let me clear my throat and then my colon. Toot toot! If you clear your throat and then you claim to be God or something like that, that would be blasphemy. Oh. <laughs> well, at least oh we'll have gosh. a little bit to throw in the, the beginning or the end of the podcast. <laughs> At this point, I should just expect a pun like that every time you open your mouth, but sometimes they still catch me by surprise. A popular outcast production. everyone and welcome to the portable power podcast the only mobile gaming podcast that'll get you pregnant at the mere mention of its name my name is mark matters and i am here with kevin seibert emmer smith and tonight we have a lovely bunch of reviews for you but before we get to that let's introduce ourselves emmer's how are you this evening superb do you have a beverage you know what i'm going dry tonight it's it's terrible yeah you're gonna get all chafed <laughs> I feel chafed already. You're gonna be you're gonna be licking your lips, hoping for moisture before too long. Let me tell you. I'm sure I will. What have you been playing? I nuked my computer last week. I um I broke it with the power of my negligence. So I haven't had any uh, I haven't had any games to play for several days now. My laptop is garbage. It's good for podcasting, and that's about it. So you're going dry again on that, too. What do you do with your time? How do you fill your days? I don't even want to describe it because it's very sad. <laughs> and pornographic? No, it's not <laughs> pornographic. <laughs> Mostly, no, I'm not going to go into it. Just imagine that it's it's robust and thrilling. Picture me, like, riding a bicycle through a pool of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want people to think of my, my life. What nation's currency? <laughs> All of them. It's a, it's a rainbow of every imaginable value. Or it could just be the euro. <laughs> just, just euros. <laughs> what kind of a fantasy is that? It's yen, so really the pool is just a modest amount of wealth. <laughs> living in central Pennsylvania, imagining that you are living in a place where they use the euro is kind of a big fantasy. Yeah, that would be a nice change. All right, well, I have a question of the week for everyone. Uh... There's going to be a slight theme to this episode, ever, ever, ever so slight. Question of the week for you, Emrys. Who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? So, as a child, I always liked Donatello the best, because he was the technical one, he was the smartest. But as an adult, looking back on them, I think I have the greatest respect for Leonardo, because he's the leader. He's the Rick Grimes. I just described myself as an adult having strong opinions about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I feel like that says something about me. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, what are you drinking this evening? I'm doing a first for me on this show. Nothing alcoholic. I'm drinking an Orange Crush. Because my mom was last night, and I Mm. I drank the alcohols there, and I'm dehydrated. Yeah, I don't know that soda is the best thing to hydrate you. But it's better than alcohol. It's crush. It's it's mostly water. It doesn't have caffeine in it. But it's the sugar. 
Anyway, I'm not going to get on my California hippie freaking diet <laughs> bullshit with anybody here. <laughs> Hipster bullshit. What have you been playing, Kevin? Oh, well, uh, I recently got my uh, Club Nintendo rewards, which Ooh. were underwhelming this year. But yeah. I've been playing Earthbound on my Wii U. Isn't it awesome? It is really awesome, yeah. I had never played it really before I downloaded it last year or whatever. I had mm-hmm. only played it for a few minutes. It was a really cool game. It's not easy. I've died so many times already. I'm, I've just gotten to the second town. I'm really bad at it. Or it's really hard. I don't know. You can use the um, web browser on the Wii U and go to the digital recreation of the original Nintendo Power strategy guide for the game. That helped me a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't done any of that yet. I recommend it. Like, I don't know, because sometimes retro games, you don't have the most patience for them. And it really helped me a lot anyway. Question of the week for you. Favorite Ninja Turtle? My tastes, like Emerson's, have also changed because originally Raphael was my favorite. I just like the guy who's kind of the rebel and, like, the loner in the group. Yeah. yeah. But as an adult, I really like Donatello because he's the he's the intellectual of the group. Like Emerus, I also really respect Leonardo, not just because he's the leader, but also because, like, while all of the turtles have, like, a weapon that they specialize in, Leonardo has shown that he's capable of wielding all of them with a, some degree of skill. I was not aware of that. I thought he was just the dual katanas guy. Dual katanas in and of itself is impressive enough because those fuckers are heavy. Yeah. I don't think it was ever in the animated series that he did it, but I used to read the Ninja Turtles comics when I, when I was younger, and he was he seemed skilled in pretty much any weapon that he decided to use. And uh, I have a little something that I'd like to tell you about, Mark. You, you, you kind of warned me about this. Go ahead. I may have, in at some point within the last couple of weeks, given your sister pasties. <laughs> you mean the... The brand of symbols for your drum set. That's not what I mean. Oh. Um, do you care to elaborate? Would you like me to? I don't have to. Well, when you say you gave my little sister <laughs> pasties, does that mean you applied them? I did not apply them. I had some pasties, and I gave them to her. The question I have for you now is why were they in your possession to begin with? Do you know of... I've heard of her on several of the Popular Outcasts podcasts. About two or three weeks ago, had a burlesque show in Williamsport that Emrys and Aislinn and I went to. There was a raffle at this show... And Emrys bought all three of us a ticket. He bought one for each of us. I won the raffle, which is a package that contains some Disney merchandise, because it was is a Disney-themed burlesque show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it also contained a gift certificate for a two-hour belly dancing lesson, which I kept, <laughs> and pasties that were made by hand by one of the dancers. And as I'm leaving with this bag of things that I have no idea what to do with, I, I was walking down the street... And your sister said to me, I hope I'm not being too forward, but if you don't, if you don't want those pasties, I will take them. And I was more than happy to give them to her. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And then she made sure that she was like, you need to tell Mark about this. You need to tell (laughs) Mark that you gave me pasties and then tell me about it. I was like, or I could do it on the air. She knows how eked out I get about any time she mentions anything sexual, despite us being... I'm 34, and she's, what, 29? Yeah. I still can't. You know, whatever. It's family. I don't even want to hear about you guys doing it. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I have nothing to tell you about that. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you're both eunuchs. <laughs> like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite like Bert and Ernie. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mark, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just bought some new shoes today. Oh, yeah? More Converse? No. <laughs> Everybody knows me for my damn Converse shoes. No. For the first time, I was told I was not allowed to get another pair of Converse All-Stars. Who told you that? This person I live with. I don't know her name. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> what, what, what are you drinking tonight? This is a brewery called Bosun, and it's not spelled at all how it's pronounced, but HLV Ale, Heavy Lift Vessel. It's 7% alcohol, and it is 80 IBUs. Um, it's a pretty dark beer. I don't know. It's it's like heavy and thick and dark, and I'm almost done with it already, and we have barely started the episode. Are you feeling silly? I'm silly. <laughs> what are you playing? Oh, I've been playing a few things. I played Game & Wario because I got it for my Club Nintendo reward, but... You know, it grabbed me, like, really hard for, like, two or three days, and then once I played through everything, I'm like, eh, kind of done with this. Yeah, I played this great indie game that's a few years old now on my PlayStation 3 called Papa and Yo, Papo and Yo or something like that. Um, it's like a puzzle platformer, but it's more than that. It's a very autobiographical game um, about this boy, well, who's now a man who made the game but his life in South America with his abusive alcoholic father. It's a little heavy, but it's a really good game. I liked it a lot. Other than that, a lot of fighting games for some reason. After after the Evo Championships a week or two ago, like I wanted nothing more than just to play a bunch of fighting games. Any standouts? The newest Tekken on Wii U, which is fun because you can dress the characters up in Nintendo costumes. Street Fighter 4 because I can kill anyone in that with Blanca. Nice. A question of the week. Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Well, it's funny. Just like you guys, my taste has changed. So when I was a kid, it was Michelangelo because party all the time, right? Now in my cynical old age, it's Raphael because he shares my cynicism. And he's got that great line in one of the early episodes of the cartoon, which the cartoon's pretty flawed. The original comic is amazing. He like threatens some guy and he's like, don't make me get sarcastic. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> such a great line the reason we've been i i chose this as question of the week is because they have that new movie coming out and later in the episode we're going to be talking about one of the games the new movie looks horrendous i will probably netflix it i don't think you will see me in the theater for that i knew i wasn't going to be seeing it in the theater as soon as i saw michael bay's name attached to it as soon as i saw the turtles had lips i was done it's the lips the lips are yeah. awful yeah, I could like if it weren't Michael Bay, I would probably go see it in the theater just because I like the Ninja Turtles enough. But Michael Bay, I can't really support his aesthetic. The special effects for the turtle masks in the old '90s movies aren't great. I mean, they're they're pretty good considering that they do martial arts while wearing them. That's pretty crazy, and the lips move like a surprising amount. They're not yeah. just they don't just flap open like puppets no no jim henson did that and he, it was like his last thing that he did it was pretty awesome yeah. they're, they're pretty sophisticated like makeup and i can appreciate that i can see wanting to improve them but like why lips why <laughs> they look yeah. they freak me out they're like angelina jolie lips yeah on a turtle so yeah netflix all the way on that one all right well we've talked enough about ourselves let's talk about the the games we came here to review uh kevin would you like to go first I would, in fact, like to go first. 
for this episode, the game Relic Rush. It's available on the iOS um, App Store for 99 cents. It's sort of like a casual platformer game. The control of the game is handled with just one action. If I had to compare it to anything, I would say imagine something like the original Donkey Kong game put out by Nintendo, where uh, you know Mario is still called Jumpman, <laughs> and you're walking through a level on, on a set path, and everything is just timing and jumps. Except yeah. they've taken the jumps aspect out in Relic Rush. You auto-jump as you need to. And the only thing you control is whether you walk or not. Like your character automatically walks forward at all times. And if you want him to stop, you press the touch screen and hold it down until you're ready for him to move again. So the game is largely walking through levels and figuring out the timing to get past enemies and obstacles without dying. You're being timed the entire time that you're moving. Getting through a series of stages in the shortest amount of time possible is desirable because as the timer ticks down, like you get lower scores. Like basically you can score gold, silver, bronze. It's desirable to get gold over silver or bronze for some reason. I like that kind of timing. I hate the kind of timing that's just counting down and if it goes to zero you fail. Maybe you do fail if it goes all the way down. I never it never went all the way down for me. One of the things they actually did right on the Wii version of the first Dead Rising game was the <laughs> total tangent here. But in the original Dead Rising, there's a timer counting down, and if it hits zero, bam, game over, you're done. Mm -hmm. Dead Rising on Wii, it counted up, and you got scores and rewards based on your timing. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, we'll just, for the sake of this review, gold, silver, and, and bronze, and you get better weapons or better whatever based on that. And I like that approach much better than just like, oh, well, timer's zero, you lose, no redeeming value there whatsoever, I think. Mm -hmm. Hi, horse. I'm on my high horse. Hey, everybody. I do like that you get rewarded for playing the levels better because it gives you incentive to go back and try it again. Yeah. If it particularly grabs you. One of the things that I do like is that the game is... It seems like it was very clearly influenced by Donkey Kong because it has even the same retro aesthetic. It's, you know, pixel art. It, it almost looks like an Atari game mm -hmm. in, in terms of, like, quality of the graphics. But, you know, very intentional. Like, they're, they're well-designed. They're colorful. They're fun levels. The enemies are simple, but you can tell that, like, you're clearly dealing with, like little purple frogs or chameleons with like that are sticking out their tongues at you they, they don't eat you but if their tongue touches you you die the graphics actually remind me a lot of the original cave story oh yeah yeah that too the music is also very similar it, it, it even seems in the same tone of i mean i, I keep going back to donkey kong but like it, it even sounds like the music was influenced by that as well. It's a very simple game. It doesn't take long to, to finish a level unless you're really bad. You don't run out of lives. You just keep trying until presumably you run out of time. And the game might end at that point, but I'm not that bad at it. It was fun. However, it is extremely casual. And while I enjoyed mm. it, like I never really sat down and played it for long stretches of time. Because that's just, it's just not the kind of game I can do that with. And for... The 99 cent price tag, it's absolutely worth 99 cents, but for 99 cents, I mean, you could also get, like, 2-Bit Cowboy, which I feel is a much more substantial experience. Different type of game. Yeah, but still still very retro-inspired. 
Yeah. And I feel like there's more to that game. It should be noted, I don't think we mentioned it earlier, these are both Crescent Moon games. Yes. I enjoyed it. I would say probably a 3.5 out of 5. It's worth playing. I feel like there are probably, you know, for the for the price tag that, the, that they have attached to it, other things that are a little meatier. Kevin, that's the first time I've ever heard you give a review score. I felt like it was important because I said like an equal number of positive and negative things, mm-hmm. but I don't feel negatively about the game. Yeah. So 3.5 is like, it's a solid game. But it's not like a must-play. I'm reviewing City Island 2. Or possibly just City Island for Android. Well, I'm a little confused because there's City Island and then there's City Island 2 but it's treated more like an expansion pack than like a sequel. I'm just going to call it City Island, and I'm really disappointed with it. It's a city-building game, ostensibly. You have a plot of land, and you can place buildings, like houses, and jobs, and power structures, and stuff. But it has none of the depth that SimCity has. There's really no discernible strategy to placing buildings. Like, there's no pollution. You don't have to worry about people being unhappy living in a polluted area. Like, the zones don't seem to interact with each other at all, at least in no discernible way. So there's no strategic depth. It's just like, oh, my happiness is low. Place more parks. Oh, I need more people to work my jobs. Place more houses. I need more jobs for my people. Place more businesses. That's all you do. <laughs> like, my happiness is low, so I made a park. I just put it down randomly, and it raised the happiness doesn't seem to need to be near a house. In fact, you can relocate your you can relocate the buildings. I just found this out. You can relocate them at will. So it doesn't matter at all if they're near each other. Wow. I mean, that's one of the earliest things that you that they did in like SimCity 25 years ago. <laughs> that's the whole point of a city building game is to have some kind of challenge or maybe running a city is just that easy in real life. It must be. <laughs> if you're Rob Ford. The art and the sound effects are nice enough. They're not awful. It's just two-dimensional houses and parks. Here's a really bizarre design decision. There are three modes of transportation, and your people cry blood if one of them is missing. And they all <laughs> take up space. So you end up filling your whole neighborhood with nothing but roads and walking spaces and canals canals of all things why can't you just have a city of (laughs) shut-ins retirement community roads are always you know the bread and butter of keeping your city connected like if you have like your workspace and your home space and there's only one route between them when that route gets clogged up you have to you can be in a lot of trouble like your productivity crashes everything crashes And you actually have to learn from that. But in this game, you don't have to care about traffic because it's just like the people will get where they're going no matter what. There's just like some cars for eye candy value. If they can't take a car, they'll take a gondola through the canal, I guess. Yeah, there's a little motorboat going up and down. Nobody's walking on the walkway, but also nobody is complaining about walkways, so I can only assume that it's working. While the cars and the little things are driving around, they have little bubbles that pop up. 
and you tap on the bubble to collect something. Like, if it's a little money bag, you get money, which is how you accumulate buildings. There's gold, which is the um, purchase. It's the in-app purchases currency. Which, as far as I've been able to tell, all that gold does is it lets you speed up the production of your buildings. But why you can't... Like, there's... There's no reason to care how long it takes for your buildings to come up. Like, your economy isn't going to crash if you just wait. And you can also speed up buildings with gold, with with cash, as far as I can tell. Like, there's no, even any reason. (laughs) I'm really baffled by this game because it is just a waste of time. Like, there are so many, like, video games are arguably just a waste of time. But this one is, like, really, really shallow. (sighs) And it makes me sad, because I really wanted a city-building game. Like, I, I love organizational sims. Just, it sounds terrible when you say it out loud. But I love ordering yeah. dwarves what to do. Like, I want a game where I can pick it up and be like, oh, okay, I need to establish a marketplace for wool. And then I, there's a process for doing that, and then there's consequences. Like, oh, this wool is increasing the traffic here, so I need to build around that. I can only describe this game in terms of what it's not, because there's just so little to it. You can plant an animal farm, or a regular farm. Do the pigs turn into humans at the end? No. <laughs> Forgive me, do, are the pigs not discernible from the humans? I think that's how it ends. Yeah, well, the the pigs, there are no humans in this game. There aren't even any pigs. There's just a tiny little graphic that is an animal Ooh. farm. It's called Animal Farm. I can only imagine the horrors that come about in this shithole. The horrors of communism. Like, right now, right now, I have perfect balance between my population and my jobs. I have 44 people, I have 44 jobs, they are 125% happy, and that will never change. (laughs) The only reason for it to change is there are, like, quests on the side. One of the quests is watch five commercials. Oh, Literally, no. you just watch you just watch commercials for other apps, and you get uh, one one gold, which is the purchase. So if I could watch commercials, I would get gold for it, which I don't even want. How much do they charge for this game? It's free, and you get what you pay for. But there's in-app purchases. I tried to look for the sh- the store because I was like, oh, there's in-app purchases. Maybe maybe they're cool, like. Maybe they unlock the real game that I don't get to play because I'm playing the free mode. And there is no store. There's just get gold. What's gold for? You can you can do things that you can do with cash. Or you can just wait and be patient and not care about this game because it doesn't give you any excuse. What did the sequel and or expansion add? I don't even think they add anything. The way the game works is you place a house. Houses. And then there's like different pictures of houses. Like, they all have a different picture. I guess the point is that you build a city that looks cool. Like, the skyscrapers come about at level 54. And you get experience just by playing the game. Like, you just tap on stuff. Eventually you'll get to be... You get to build a skyscraper. Wow. So, apparently, the point of the game is to build increasingly more elaborate graphics that all do effectively the same thing. I don't know, man. It made me sad. It sounds as uninspired as its name. City Island? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. I don't know. Some people must love it. Like, I bet some mom somewhere has dropped 
a dime or two on City Island. Some 400-pound housewife. I don't know how much she weighs, man, but <laughs> her kids aren't going to eat tonight because of City Island. I'm sorry I said that now. Now I feel terrible. Like Now this game seems evil to me. City Island 1 and 2, yeah, they're both free on the iOS App Store as well. And it looks like the graphics are all right. It has a good rating. It's rated like four and a half, five stars. There's no challenge to it. There's just these quests on the sidebar that are like, have 50 employees and you get nothing. Some people don't want to be challenged out of their games. Some people just want to, you know, play for a certain amount of time, put their time in, and then have the app be like, good job, you tapped a certain number of times. That's yeah. exactly what this feels like. Good job. Like, you sat there with the app open for a certain amount of time, <laughs> and things happened. I feel defeated now. I tried to play City Island, and I lost. <laughs> that's, that's how I experienced that game. You only lost if the app is still on your phone. It is, but only because of this podcast. You could do a live deleting if you want. I would... I'm going to. I'm going to delete that bitch right now. <laughs> right. All right. Live delete. You know what? Here's Kingdom Rush. Kingdom Rush, uninstall. Barracks Rush, get the hell out of here. City Island, oh, it's in the seas, probably. That would make There you go. Drum roll. <laughs> uninstalled. All right. <laughs> GG, whoever made that game. You mean BG? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't say that. I'm, I'm good-mannered. Stand alive. We got it. Okay. That was our. That was a podcast first, guys. Live deletion of an app. And all fifty people that hear this will be impressed. <laughs> I give it um, one sewer treatment plant out of five utilities. Oof. Ooh. That's rough. I bet it smells down there too. I'm sure it does. It's rancid. Like the broken dreams of the developers who made it. <laughs> no, they're rolling in cash. They're probably riding a gold-plated pony through a pool of cash right now. <laughs> yeah, I got something going on over here. I heard you reviewed a game. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will. I'm about to review a game. That game's called Blade Lords Fighting Revolution. Developed by Playsoft. Makers of such hits as Soccer Bite and Break the Rules or Not. Oh, boy. I read those titles and laughed. Sorry. <laughs> it's free on the iOS App Store, and it's worth every penny. <laughs> Blade Lords is a one-on-one fighting game that seems to take inspiration from PS1-era fighters. It's almost as if um, Playsoft had like a 90s fighting game developer's checklist to guide them along the journey to create this steaming pile. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, lo- you loved it? Oh, game of the year. I like to think this checklist is like bad animation, derivative movesets, check! <laughs> Slutty, yet somehow still unsexy outfits on blocky <laughs> character models, check! <laughs> but where Blade Lords truly separates itself from the uh, circa 1995 pack is its horrendous mobile platform features. Basic features locked behind a paywall, 
and still, in addition, other horrendously useless in-app purchases only a rich idiot would go for? Check. Nerfed controls and god-awfully slow level projection? Progression? Check. Mark's drunk? Check. <laughs> According to the App Store listing, Blade Lords features stunning graphics and fighting gameplay, whatever that means, and incredible combos. Bullshit. And amazing <laughs> powers. All subjective terms, by the way, I want you to know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If I had written the listing, I'd have focused more on how the game makes the user feel. Quotes would be like, My penis remained flaccid for hours after playing. <laughs> Marginally better than being ass-raped by the Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> I think my favorite part of Blade Lords is the the review section of the App Store. This game has almost five stars and many, many reviews, much like uh, City Island there. Sounds like we might have some, some uh, people who are into bestiality on the App Store then. I think mobile gamer standards hit like a new low with, with this turd extravaganza. Congratulations, mobile gamers. You make me sad for the future. Wow, we are, I don't know, this, this, this started out with sort of an apathetic but mildly positive review, progressed into a negative review, and then progressed into, I don't even know, like, that was beyond negative. Yeah. You just took a shit on that game and my sewer treatment plan processed it. <laughs> First I used my turd as a stylus. On the controls. <laughs> You're going to get stink palm if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a, to a brighter, brighter picture, and that is our portable past. Hopefully it's brighter. In honor of Michael Bay completely fucking up our, you know, childhood... Woo! Explosions! <laughs> We're gonna cover Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan. It was originally released in August of 1990 by Konami for the Nintendo Game Boy. Uh, it was the first Ninja Turtles game for the Game Boy, or really any portable system, with the exception of maybe... Um, Tiger handheld game or something. But that wasn't good, so it doesn't count. <laughs> you don't even know it exists, but you're still like, this is better. No, you know what? I, I remember playing it now. I did actually play the, the Tiger handheld, and it wasn't great. I would look that up, but I'm actually looking up to see what Konami's been up to the past few years. Nothing amazing, as far as I'm aware. It's a side-scrolling platformer. It's a pretty basic game. You control... Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, or Raphael, and you're on a quest to save the princess. I mean, April O'Neil. And <laughs> it's based on the 80s cartoon series, which is very apparent by, like, the, you know, the opening level music being, like, a chiptunes version of the 80s cartoon theme song, which is still lovely to listen to. Yeah, that does sound cool. Yeah, and, and, and the cool thing now is I can actually listen to it on YouTube, because what I used to do is I would just turn the first level on on my Game Boy and let it run and listen to it for a while while I did other things. <laughs> Use it as a Walkman. Yeah. 
I, I did used to do that. That's awesome. It's a fairly basic platformer. You choose one of the four turtles to play as, um, but they're all kind of the same. Uh, like, none of them have any anything that makes them stand out. Like, they all have the same attack range. Um, you know, Raphael has his size that are, you know, really, really small and don't <laughs> and wouldn't have, like, very much range. But uh, it's okay because Donatello is completely equal to him because he really chokes up on that bow staff. <laughs> so, so they they all have equal reach. But um, you can you can jump, you can swing your weapon, you can do jump kicks, which for some reason have double the attack power of your of your actual weapon. Which to me means that those turtles must have thunder thighs. Because if you're if you're getting kicked by a turtle and it does double damage to getting cut by a katana blade, those are some powerful <laughs> meaty legs, you know. Well, it's kind of why they made that indie game Dive Kick. I don't know if you heard about it. I never heard about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I have. It's based upon that principle that like why the hell in all these old games is like the jump kick the most powerful move. <laughs> and so they made a whole game where all you can do is jump kicks. Well, it's not just like in the in the NES games for the Ninja Turtles where like, you know, jump kick is your best move. It was still like a standard powered attack. Mm-hmm. It was just that it was the only way you could really get in, do damage and get out without, you know, taking massive amounts of Yeah. But in this game it's actually like it's your best move and it's double the power of anything else you can do. You can also crouch and throw shuriken, but only while you're crouched. I, I, I don't have an explanation for that. I'm open. I'm open to an explanation. But the levels have actually really good sprites. Like you can always you can always tell who the turtles are, not because they have like specific unique features, but because like their weapon is clearly defined and they carry it at all times. Like it doesn't come out just when they're attacking. All of the enemies look really good, like the foot soldiers and the roadkill Rodneys and yeah. everything else that you fight looks really good on screen. Like these, this game like was one it was an earlier Game Boy game, you know, yeah. within the first like couple one or two years. Nineteen ninety, within the first year, still one of the best looking games on the system. Oh, totally, totally. Like the 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 sprites are big and detailed, but unlike the, the Mega Man games that where the sprites were too big, and the thing is, like, I think the turtle sprites are bigger, it's just that, you know, you ha- you somehow have more maneuvering room to get around enemies and dodge attacks. Although, you do really walk at the speed of a turtle in these games, I did notice. Yeah. Like, that that was one of the things on my, on my playthrough of it, I was like, wow, he moves so slow. But I think that was just in, in an attempt at remaining authentic to the source material, right? That's gotta be it. The boss encounters are, you know, I mean, this, I, I feel like I've said this a lot in the last two or three episodes, but uh, pattern recognition. You you learn what the boss does, and, and then you figure out a way to counter it. Boss sprites look amazing. Yeah, they, they really do. Who are they? It's like Bebop, Rocksteady. Rocksteady, Bebop, Baxter Stockman, Shredder, and then Krang is the last guy instead of Shredder, which is a unique thing to this game, I believe, because I think Shredder's always the last in every other game. Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering. I mean, Krang's his boss. It makes sense. It does. It definitely makes sense, but usually they have Krang before Shredder, if they have him at all. And I I find it important to note that this silly little game for the Nintendo Game Boy was a far, far better Ninja Turtles game than the original NES one was. Yeah. Because that game was unplayable. It's hard. It's ridiculously hard. And Follow the Foot Clan is still reasonably challenging. 
but it's short enough that that isn't a problem. You can beat it in under half an hour. If you know what you're doing, yeah. Right. Like, if, if you die and have to redo stuff. And that's the, that's the other thing. Like, the turtles in this game are not at all unique, which prevents the balancing issues that the NES game had, where, mm. you know, Donatello, or if you lose Donatello, you might as well reset because none of the other <laughs> turtles are worth shit. <laughs> but it really kind of makes it that you just choose the character that, that you want to play as, and the, char- and the Ninja Turtles are handled as extra lives. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Because once Leonardo dies or whatever... He gets, gets captured. captured, yeah. Um, you can't be Leonardo anymore. You have to be somebody else. Right. Luckily, they all have the same attack range. <laughs> right, yeah. C- completely completely the same. And it, w- it might have been nice to have characters who like did something that was more associated with, with who they were. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I think that the best example of that in a video game was... Uh, in a Ninja Turtles video game, I mean, was... um. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project for the NES. That game's Be- awesome. That game was so good. Yeah. It's too bad that it's hard to find and it's expensive. Yeah. And, like, you can't really get these games on, on eShops, can you? Like, I, I, you can't get Follow the Foot Clan on the eShop, can you? No, not Follow the Foot Clan, I don't think. But I think the first two were on the Wii eShop, but they may have been pulled. The arcade game was? I think so. I don't know, definitely the first one. It, I think, was on the eShop and got pulled. Something like that. I really enjoyed Follow the Foot Clan. You know, it has great music, really solid graphics, which for an early Game Boy game is kind of crazy. Only five levels, but it's a good speedrunners game. Well, yeah. that's not really true, because you can't really move very fast, but... <laughs> Speedwalker, like the old ladies at the mall. Exactly. It's not really a difficult game to find. Um, it's... Not really expensive. Like I think I, I think I just saw a copy today when I went to Elite Games for like six bucks. Might have been seven, which you know isn't bad if if you like old school platformers. It has very um, twitchy gameplay. Like you know, you get enemies just lunging at you, and you're like facing one way and facing the other. You feel kind of like you're in this frantic battle with like ninjas all around you. So when you can get through a level without taking a hit, like that 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 means something. That feels good. Yeah. Or, like, when you when you perfectly time, like, jumping up and meeting an enemy in midair with a jump kick, like, right to his sternum, which, because robot, you know, robot foot soldiers have sternums. It, fe- it feels right. That's a great game. I love that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have very fond memories of it from being a kid, and replaying it, I was really pleased to find that it held up incredibly well. We're curmudgeons, aren't we? Yeah. It's true, because... we are. We have yet to give an Our Portable Past game, like, a awful review. Well, I think we're picking our favorites. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, no, we, we did kind of give the Chamber Pot of Sec- the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, I was thinking of Sluggy yeah. Freelance there for a second, the Chamber Pot of Secretions. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Chamber of Secrets. We kind of gave that a bad review. I suppose so, yeah. I think when we start getting into into more requests and games that you know, we don't really have a whole lot of nostalgia for, we'll start seeing a drastic drop-off in kindness toward the games. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see that copy of uh, The World Ends With You in my mailbox. Oh, I haven't found a copy that was less than $30 yet. That's fine. I don't want you to spend a bunch of money on it. I would love to, to hear your take on that game, like, six years later. Spoilers for listeners, I would love to do just an Our Portable Pass episode where we, all three of us review that game. Similarly to what we did for Pokemon X and Y. That would yeah. be cool. 
I've said it before, but it was my favorite game of the DS generation. And that system had a lot of great games. Well, does that mean that we're done? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're done. Make sure if you go on our website to check out that Amazon banner, clear your cookies, click on it, do some shopping. We get a couple pennies. I have a lot of burps in my mouth right now. Just let them out. Let them out. Yeah. Go to iTunes, rate and review us. That would be amazing. Other than that, look us up on facebook.com slash podcast. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk. Email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear suggestions for any damn thing about the podcast at this point. Also, if you go to our Facebook page, how about you answer our, our question of the week? Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? We'd love to talk to you about it, and we will talk to you about it, and we might tell you why you're wrong. Other than that, Twitter, at PortablePowerFM. Maybe someday we'll get back to DeviantArt and Vine <laughs> and Twitch and yeah. some of the other things that we do. Twitch is a tough one because I can't find any other iOS games that allow Twitch streaming, and I don't have the setup to stream anything other than that. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with our uh, grumpiness and my chugging a beer before half the episode was over <laughs> and um we'll see you soon take care we love you we do you're a beautiful audience we really do you have nice legs <laughs> oh and by the way this is for my sister this is for my sister for for wanting to paint a little picture into my head via kevin <laughs> right now i'm sitting here with mcdonald's big mac and I'm stuffing it up into my butthole. <laughs> You're welcome. And good night. Hey, Bert.